What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside producer slash seducer Nick Scarpino. This Lacroix BS has been going on for too long. I'm back on the sauce, ladies and gentlemen. I know you're back on the sauce. Back on the sauce, everybody. It feels like coming home. It really does. Coming home. It's, it may, it may. Do I sleep well at night? No. But is it because of the diet coke? No, probably not. I Who thought probably not? yesterday during a party mode, I saw yeah. you drink one, and yeah. I was like, oh, he's celebrating. Now, no, you're just back. You know, that. here's how it goes. Here, lay it on me, Nick. How's it going? I, I left Diet Coke. I tried to quit yeah. Diet Coke. It was my last vice, that and coffee. But no one in their right mind in America today would quit coffee. No one's proven coffee's bad for you. It's not. In fact, I can point to a lot of studies that are probably make-believe that tell you that there's a lot of beneficial aspects of, of coffee. Course. I digress. The bean. I stopped doing this because I read an article a long time ago that it led to, like, all sorts of weird stomach issues. Yeah. So three months in, I'm like, I'm just going to reward myself with one. Just see if the taste is still there. <laughs> And it's been approximately one week, and I have fallen off the wagon hard. Yeah. Hard. I drank nothing but diet soda yesterday. Yeah. I was like, why is my calf yeah. cramping? And I was like, oh, I haven't had water in 48 hours. This is bad. Anyway, I'm excited for this podcast. Are you really? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I like that. I'd like to point out that, yeah, you said the lacro- over here at Tim Gettys. Yes. How you doing? I'm good. I got my haircut today. Yeah. And for the first time ever, they were like, do you want me to trim your eyebrows? And I'm like, oh, I'm at super That's cuts. how you know you're getting old. Why not? Yeah. Let's go. And then they just put a comb on it and then <laughs> shaved. And now they feel like razors. That's fun. And like, I can't stop touching them. They look oh, they do feel like you do the sharp edge too. If you want. Anna, you go ahead. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to. That's oh, the other way. Yeah. Into it. Into it. Over here. I didn't get a cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the host of my favorite podcast, Death, Sex, and Money, Anna Sale. Oh. Thank you for having no, me. No, thank you for coming back. You returned. Yeah. You were on a Game Over Greg exclusive many a moon ago. Yes. Well over a year ago, before I was even married. I hadn't announced it was going to happen yet. Yes. And you knew. I let you in. I know. I know. I felt very, very privileged. Now, what I want to point out, you called out the LaCroix BS. Mm-hmm. We have three LaCroix on the table, one Diet Coke, and then just two random coasters that are doing nothing. <laughs> I feel like we've fallen off our coaster game. It used to be very much we're oh. going to protect them. Well, you know, Cool Greg is really the keeper of the coasters. It is. I do want to point cool out Greg. though that our one and only guest does not have a beverage in front of herself. I don't know. She had a would water. You like a water. She had a. She had a. Lacroix you know what? Earlier. Here's my special request. I would like a flavor of Lacroix that I've never had before. Oh, we can you want do cherry that. lime. We can do that. No, we don't have cherry lime. We don't <laughs> have cherry. Well, you're telling me in all the blue tarps out there, there's no cherry lime. What kind of second uh, rate. Oh, cherry cherry lime from the kind of funny press. Cherry lime is my favorite flavor, and I have taken them all home. I feel really. Like, yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah, they're great. I just ran out. I respect you, you, that. You took them all home. That's the I'm one not I sharing these. That's the one I want. I want to try one. Bring it home. Bring me one tomorrow. Here's what we can do, though. We can we can have Cool Greg grab I, you as many flavors as we have access to, and you can choose. Oh, was that was that cool Greg? Interested in? Miller, I feel were, like Cool yeah. Greg should I just make an them. executive decision. No, no, he can't do that. You, you don't know <laughs> no, Cool no, Greg. You don't know cool Greg, Greg. Will <laughs> buckle under the pressure of that. He doesn't want to do it. Here, so what have you tried? Uh, Lime wine? and pomplemousse are my favorite. Okay, but I'd like to try a flavor. Here's I, what we I need you to do, Cool Greg. We need you to go into the fridge and every single different flavor of cold LaCroix that's in there, we need one of each. Yeah, we're going to do a <laughs> thank sampling. You. Thank, you, thank you, Cool Greg. Thank you very much for being on top of that. Go ahead. Is the uh, Are those paper towels still down there? Gosh, your, your hands I are know, cold. I know, we don't have enough coasters. You got, you yeah, they're way, they're way at the back. Stack coasters over there. All right. I got them all multicolored. And a fill I was arrow really into felt uh, <laughs> coasters for a while. Thanks, boss. 
Now, is this to blow your nose? Kind of. There's a there's a toilet paper roll in there. No, no, might like be soft. More robust. Oh, look okay. at all these. Okay. They're more robust. Thank you. No, no, they're for the different shows. Yeah. Every show has its own color. Oh, so we're cross-branding here. Yeah. It's just all over the place. Yeah. Crazy. You know, we're just letting our hair down because apparently we just don't even use them anymore. <laughs> I don't care about them. Why don't you care? Like, I don't because, understand. You're yeah. the one who wants it's always fashion the, over function. Isn't yeah. this the fashion of the shows to have coasters? And that's why they're all they the desk. They match your shirt. I know. A lot of things are... Matchy matchy here. Yeah. Uh, no, I, yeah, I just don't care about them. Because the problem is, I usually have too many drinks for the color coordination. Yeah. Now, was that the coaster's problem? <laughs> or was that a, a you problem? I think it's the problem of the people that decide to think it's funny to throw the coasters at other people. Okay, which now I when you say people, you mean you, me. No, Sir. I mean literally everyone but me. The people. Sir. There you go, perfect. Now, I'll say this. I, I, will, I will back Tim up on this. Yesterday, yeah. Kevin, doing an excellent job setting up that incredibly complex Let's Play. Yeah. Did I think, hey, no way this is going to work? Yes. Did it work? Work. Mystically surprised by that. Right, here's um, what we got. All right, we, we got, got the taste test. So we have a kiwi sun sandia, kiwi sandia, kiwi watermelon. These are all for her. Tangerine, all in front of her. Tangerine and pampa bea, apple cranberry. Okay. There's, there's a lot oh. of things going on there. <laughs> Cranberry's still going. Cool, great. Got them in your pockets <laughs> too. Okay, my <laughs> so then you got a pear and you got a pomplamoose. Yeah. And peach pear, peach pear, my Good stuff. job, Goldberg. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Wow, wow, that's a, Thank you. Okay. Okay. Now, um, I will. I'm gonna do a little spoiler here for you. They're all still gonna just taste like carbonated water. <laughs> That's not true. So with a little treat. Well, yeah. a little different it, treat. I always say the LaCroix. Have you ever had one, Nick? I'm multiple. Have you? I I've just, never seen you have one. I don't I, trust that it's I, I discovered the LaCroix before you. So. I know. And uh, specifically the coconut LaCroix, which I was like, I could try I tried to get into it. Oh. But I just can't for whatever reason, and it's potentially because uh, I smoked too many cigarettes in my lifetime and my, my sense of smell and taste are completely off. Yeah. But for whatever reason, um, they just smell like coconut, but it doesn't taste like anything. Oh. So yeah, like the, the whatever thing. the essence is hits my <laughs> nose, but thing. not my, yeah. I don't like that. Well, so I, there are so many great tweets about it, right? Where it's like drinking a LaCroix is like drinking carbonated water with someone cutting fruit in the other room. <laughs> I've yeah. seen that one. No, totally. exactly what it is. Yeah. What, is, what was the one about a condom? It's like drinking carbonated water. It's but like the drinking Sprite through a condom. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That's really good. Oh, so what are you going with? What did, drink you pick? The, what did you pick? I picked apple cranberry to start. Apple cranberry to start. Oh, That's, yeah. I like how Go you, ahead. Yeah. Hit it. See what you think. Mm -hmm. You're taking some of this home, obviously. Mm -hmm. Oh. No. Throw it out. We got more. <laughs> We got some That's like when, you show, when you show your mom like macaroni art and they're like, oh, you know, I'm not going to put this one in the fridge, yeah. but I'm going to put raspberry. Yeah, raspberry. in a special place. Yeah, the yeah. trash. Yeah. Can. yeah. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want like the, the excitement, the newness of it to wear off. Right, right. So I'm going to put it away. I only bring it out every so often. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's why we all have this expectation of ourselves. It's not true. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ben. If you didn't know, this is the Game Over Greggy Show each and every week. Four, sometimes five, best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunny where you can get each and every episode early. How early, Nick? You could be watching that right now. That's right. For just a buck, you can watch us record the shows live. But if you don't want to give us that buck, you can give us more bucks and watch them on demand later. Get pre and post shows. Get cool shout outs on the show. Like all of these Patreon supporters, Kevin. And, of course, Patreon producer Tom Bach. But if you have no bucks to toss our way, no big deal. You can head over to YouTube.com slash KindOfFunny, where the whole show goes up as one big topic in MP3 the following Friday. That's right. You get one week of exclusivity when you're watching it somewhere else. Heck yeah, you do. Now, I have a question for you. I touched this shirt earlier. Is it a new one? It feels This party mode shirt feels very soft. No. Uh, no. no okay. Old, actually. You've just been taking care of it. I like that. Well, I don't uh, traditionally dry the shirts. 
I oh. usually hang, I'll, I'll usually wash them on cold and hang to, to retain the color. Sure, but that usually leads to a less soft shirt. Yeah. So I'm surprised that you touched it and thought it was soft. Yeah. It's possible that I've been drying this by accident and this whole time <laughs> have not known. Yeah. It's also possible that I poured detergent directly on it, and that's where this nice little pink stripe's coming from. Here. Ah. Mm-hmm. I was told by uh, I was doing laundry the other day, and my wife saw me do that, and she was like, "You're probably not supposed to do that for colored shirts." I'm like, "Why not?" She's like, "Look at all." It, like the, of the Jackson Pollock, the bleaches, that you have yeah. Now. yeah, it's pretty yeah. bad. But. When you caught the shingles, mm. and I walked around here disinfecting everything, about I, I ruined oh. that. I ruined that uh, Portilla shirt because I, I had to use bleach on everything. Yeah, I caught shingles. I got a case of shingles the other day. I didn't know what it was though. The other day, uh, well, like three months ago. You're How fine. long did your shingles last? Uh, a while. Yeah, they they lasted. You three, had them? Three. I've had had not, but I've I've known people. Beast, I've known people who've had shingles. But prior to having them diagnosed, I'm sorry, real quick too. Uh, were they all north of 65, 70? <laughs> they were older. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Life bogey. It was a big <laughs> it was a big risk I remember for my grandmother when I had chicken pox. They were worried about shingles getting to her. Anyway. Uh, no, prior to it being diagnosed, I didn't know what it was. And I thought it was a staph infection because I do I wrestle. I do Brazilian mm-hmm. Jiu-Jitsu, and there's a lot of infections going on the mat because yeah. it's just people rolling around. So I called him and I was like, look, I don't know what it is. They think it might be a staph infection. It's knowing me and my luck, probably MRSA, it's gonna go straight in my brain and kill me. So you have to disinfect the entire uh, office. And Greg did, what did you do? You just took some bleach out and just started spraying it. Yeah, we had like 409 <laughs> yeah. with bleach or whatever. I'm like, here yeah. we go, just go to town. Didn't warn anybody, I didn't want them to panic. No. I was panicking enough for everybody. Did you do all the doorknobs like I yeah, told you? Oh yeah, yeah cool. you didn't tell me that. Well, You said you said the controllers, and I was like, oh trust me, I'm going further than that. You going deep. <laughs> did that, yeah, <laughs> I went deep. And probably good that you did it too, because I didn't know, I think I probably was in the contagious like stage, but you would have had to rub up against my face with an open there was sore on your there was face. one time when i had to go get something from you <laughs> you, you drove here and yeah. i came downstairs and i opened the door of your car and you did the like don't look at me oh but then Phantom you were like the opera no but now look at me though look at me it's no, weird because I, <laughs> I went out and i was like i wonder what people's perception of me is like this because you can't see yourself but you still feel it and I'll, and oddly enough um it was not good most people saw me. <laughs> <laughs> most people would look at me and be like and they give you that one look of like what happened to this guy because I was like, well, maybe it just looks like I got into a fight, but they don't know. But whenever you see anything out of the ordinary like that, mm-hmm. your first instinct is to like stay away, right? Yeah. I was and telling so. you, you, you he, took, he took days off of the shows. And yeah. I was like, just get like a, a Phantom week. of the Opera mask and yeah. come in. Yeah. And he's like, if you can find one, I will. And I didn't look for it. Well, also, I was just, I was more concerned with being contagious. Sure, sure. sure. Gone, and this, this is the first it. time there's been, there, these are two Joester stories, Joey Noel, mm-hmm. where I, I really came to understand how much she trusts and respects me. Because it was that she came in for a meeting and, and started super eating off your desk. And everybody's like, not like eating straight off it, but like put her plate down on the desk. <laughs> now, she's like, I threw a bird seed on this desk. Made a burrito on the desk. <laughs> it's like cold stone creamery. Please tell me. Please tell me that's what you guys do when I don't come in. Just really artistically fun food things on my desk. Oh, anyway, oh. she was eating lunch off that, and everybody's like, whoa, Nick's sick, blah, blah. And she's like, well, Greg cleaned everything. And I was like, yeah. She's like, you clean this? I'm like, yeah. She's like, then I'm fine. I'm safe. And then the flip side was yesterday I made a DiGiorno's pizza and half of it fell on the floor and I picked it back up and put it down. And then I, I put a note there that said, hey, full disclosure, half, this half fell on the ground. Weird, weird call yeah. with that. I, I walked in the kitchen, <laughs> saw half a pizza with a post-it note that said pizza fell on the ground. So I'm like, hmm, we had a l- excessive amount of guests coming over yeah. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like there was, I think. What was the final count? Uh, um, 100. It was 100. like four from Nintendo and two <laughs> IGN. So it felt like here. there was 15 Nintendo PR right. people sure. in this building. Sure. Um, and they all walk in, and I'm just like, is Greg doing this to be funny? Yeah. Because it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> or is he just like, maybe the people will be okay with ground pizza? I mean, here's what I know is that I, 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 I 
have a barrier of germs for myself. Mm -hmm. And I know that Cool Greg and Kevin do not share that barrier. <laughs> Theirs is much lower. You know what I mean? Like, they're higher. They're totally There's a threshold. Greg, they're Greg, There's yeah. a much lower uh, threshold. Uh, Kevin Kohler from the Kind of Funny Press. I, I can confirm that I saw the post and I was like, oh, okay. I brushed it off the bottom and I put it there. And so you they ate put the pizza? Yeah, I ate the pizza. Because <laughs> I was going to say, later in the day, I came gone. through, there was a quarter of a piece of pizza left, and I was like, oh, okay. Mm. Didn't even see the note. Not yeah. the, it was probably there. I just probably didn't pay attention it like was. me normally. I start eating it, mm -hmm. and Tim waits until I get a good bite. And he's like, you know that fell on the floor, right? <laughs> no, I was in the other room. Nick is still in his stupid fucking costume with the little shorts, and I just see him. June 1st. Doing his, he's trying to fuck with me from the kitchen, and he, he always does this. Where he just like peeks his head out, and, like does, like starts sticking his tongue out. It's like very Nick, and uh, he's eating this pizza. I'm like, oh dude, the, the pizza fell on the floor. And he's just like, just <laughs> I didn't. In a very unnick move, he's like, I don't know, he just kept going. I'm like, I was his like, his immune system's still very high yeah. from the shingles. I got through shingles yeah, exactly. Well, I'll tell you, they gave me they gave me the uh, the antiviral like the shot for it, and I was like, I'm ready to go now. I'm pretty sure I'm impervious yeah. to everything. Everything. Got to get that second shot, though. Apparently, there's two. So maybe I should go back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I did that, and I was explaining out there, that I, and Joey's like, I'm hungry. I'm like, well, there's pizza the in there. Do that there's quick. pizza in there. And she's like, well, yeah, didn't you say you dropped it? I'm like, yeah, I dropped it on the floor. And she goes, well, would you eat it? And I went, no. And she's like, well, then I'm not going to eat it either. I'm like, oh, there you go. Joey respects my decisions that have led to this company and floor pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, first off, this episode of the Game Over Greg Show is brought to you by Omaha Steaks and Stamps.com, but I'll tell you about that later. Anna? Yes, You're back. Sir. I am. And you you came in. You came. You approached me this time. I you did. said, "Hey, I want to come back on the show because I have a. I, I want to talk about men. I want to talk to men about something." And you said, "You are the. You guys are the men. Oh, I know sure. men. Yeah. Yeah. Guys. yeah. <laughs> you must have misled her. You have shingles. Yeah. She, she knew. I beat shingles. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. That's because there are people who have had, probably died from shingles, and I'm just letting you know right now. Yeah. I'm a virile My, yeah, I'm, human Many being. grandparents have died from shingles. That is a true thing. <laughs> The second I knew it was shingles, too, I was like, God damn it. The jokes about my age are never going to stop now. Because the second, first thing you Google, small children and super old people get shingles. No one and in between ever gets shingles. you just going to be in there. <laughs> you know, like the Scarpino case. If you're, if like, you're, of course, I got fucking shingles. Some sort of weird old person disease of yore. Anna, you host this podcast, Death, Sex, and Money. I do. I tell everybody they should go listen to it. This whole epi this episode is titled Death, Sex, and Money. Because we're going to talk about your oh, man exciting. issue. And then okay. talk about my Death, man Sex, issue. and Money. Yeah. Yeah. Man issue. What's, okay. what's your issue with the men? What's, what's wrong? Okay, it's not wow. that what's Where wrong. Where do we begin? <laughs> here's here's uh, what I'm working on in the show. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm i a woman. Mm -hmm. I come from a family of five daughters. Wow. Okay. And the rest of my team, for the most part, there's one man that works on the show, but the rest of us are women. But it has seemed like in this moment in America and sort of in the world and Western civilization, kind of a combination of things are sort of shaking up expectations of how men are supposed to behave and what's appropriate and what like a good man does mm. and is. So we're doing this project where we are asking men about manhood mm. and how they define what a good man is in this moment and who their models are. Gotcha. Because my sense is if I were, as a woman, like I was born in 1980 after the women's movement. I feel like I've kind of always been surrounded by this conversation about like, here's how womanhood is changing. Here's like the different ways to be a woman. And I feel like men have not had that sort of sure. impetus to have a conversation about being a good man mm, and manhood. Mm. So I want to know Very how you think about masculinity and sure. manhood. It's still rough, I think. And I, you know, Jen and I, uh, I appreciate the country music. 
And so I listen. I, I also appreciate good. Christian music. Okay, I yeah. don't, you never know where you're starting from. <laughs> so like, I walk in, I say, hey, Alexa, play music. She puts on country, obviously. And, I'm, and shout out to everybody's Alexa I just turned on. Um, <laughs> always my favorite thing to do. You. Alexa, order tampons. <laughs> People love that joke, too. Um... Yeah, I do it on the morning shows all the time. Gets people really does, angry. Does. Just because their Alexa starts bopping off, they know what's going. On. Anyways, though, like, there's still, like, you know, and I hate the phrase toxic masculinity because I feel like anytime you start talking about these issues and you want to use something that encapsulates it well, toxic masculinity or social justice warriors or whatever, it's people who also want to detract from the idea use that as an attack. Mm -hmm. However, yeah. there are so many country songs that are still like. Oh man, she broke up with me, but fuck her. I'm gonna make her life a living hell or something. Or there's one that's like in almost yeah, an almost like almost sweet song of like it's different for girls, right? Where it's like basically this guy singing about like how it's different for girls and guys when they break up. A guy can go get a whiskey and coke and forget. A guy wants to take this girl home, and it's like totally like. Well, I think girls want to do that too. I don't. In the, they don't have trucks, though. They don't drive those trucks. They got. They do That's have trucks. Good. I know so many Missouri women have trucks. You're not making an assumption right there. Yeah, exactly. But. When we were listening to, and when that one came on last night, and Jen and I just started talking about it, she's like, "Well, yeah, that's a big problem about it, but like, also, what a horrible message to be sending to men listening to this song because it is very much like you don't wear your emotions, right? You're gonna mask them or do this, and it's not okay still to cry, and it's not okay to be vulnerable." Yeah, I think it's weird for, for like I think there's I, I get the sense that there's a large portion of uh, the male community out there who's just waiting for it all to blow over, right? And then I think there are people who you have you have to come to the realization that we're we're in yet another progressive moment, like we've had so many before in the history of our country, um, and that this is this is something that is going to continue to evolve. And so I think there is a natural defense mechanism for a lot of people in general that when someone says, "Hey, you might be doing something wrong," your first instinct is to always go find something wrong with what they said, push back, push back, push back. Yeah. Well, not a lot of people are talking about this is what you should do. Like it's like it's when you hear the term masculinity right now, right. there's not a lot of times it's used in positive framing. Sure. And I feel like wh why not? Like what parts of masculinity are sort of like things that are positive? How do we talk about that? But see, I, for me, I think it boils down to like I think the same traits that would make you a good person would make you a good guy. Namely, if someone says, if a, if a huge amount of people are saying, hey, we're noticing a trend that's a problem here, right? We're noticing that a lot of people are being physically, mentally abused in a place like Hollywood, and that's coming from a specific type of people, right? And you happen to maybe see, be reflected in that type of people, not necessarily in your actions, but just as far as your gender or your, or your ethnicity. I think there are, you kind of owe it to yourself. And my example of what I would like people to do is just listen to that incorporate that feedback, maybe recognize that there might be a natural defense mechanism you saying, wait a minute, I'm not like that, so let's shut this thing down because I don't want this coming to me, I don't do those things. Um, but understanding that just because you don't doesn't mean that there aren't other people out there and that maybe you need to just like be listening and be a part of maybe the solution to that. You know, Not necessarily that you can do anything, but I think there's a lot, You know, I also was born in the 1980s. Uh, I was born in 1980, actually, me so too. shout out, what month? September. Oh, January. Sorry. All right, you're a little older. Damn, well, there it is. A little older. <laughs> I was say, a little older, <laughs> far less wise. Let's you put it seem that way. so much younger than him, though. Well, you know I mean? it's the shingles. It's the shingles. shingles. Let me tell you guys, when you get the shingles, it ages you. Um, but it's been interesting because you because you look at the idea of what a man was supposed to be from the '80s, right? Look at all the examples of what a man's supposed to be in the '80s. Action movies. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Andrew McCarthy. Schwarzenegger. And Pretty okay. Pink. Okay. Nobody <laughs> wanted to be Andrew McCarthy. Maybe because he ended up. Everybody wanted to be Ducky, right? No, nobody wanted to be Ducky. Everybody 
I, I don't care what you guys say. I always wanted to just be James Spader because he always seemed like he had his shit together. He was the asshole and he was the villain, but at least he was like rich and like he probably had a better future. Um, I didn't side with Ducky. Let's just put it that way. Nobody <laughs> okay. signed with okay. Ducky. Okay. Andrew McCarthy, of course, was the great guy to be. Um, but I mean, you look at your examples of like, okay, who are your icons culturally from the 80s? And obviously, I grew up in the 80s. I mean, it's all like Jean-Claude Van Damme, Steven Spiel, guys that punched and shot first, didn't ask a whole lot of questions later. Um, and I, I think that forms a lot of people's opinion of how they see the world. And it wasn't until really you start, you get a little older and obviously I've been married for a while. So I've seen a lot of the world through my wife's perspective. And that's, that's broadened my horizons a lot. Um, that when you go in and see a movie, like I always point to the latest Bond movie. Mm-hmm. And Bond is always the guy that can walk into a room within five seconds. A girl wants to have sex with him. And when I was a kid, I was like, that's really cool. I want that. I want to be, I want to have that sort of effect on people. Power. I want yeah. them to be so attracted to me that they just have to throw themselves at me. And this is why well, you, you joined the marching band, right? That's exactly why I chose theater, marching band, and choir uh, in high school. But I stand by the fact that you can make out with lots of people if you go, my, my, my marching band. You knew what was up. There's a lot of, was up. There was on, a lot of hooking up that happened in bands. We the flag team yeah. and the drill team, and we were together in close. Court. I'm not going to get into that. Um, but I watched the latest Bond film and I'm like, wow, this doesn't work anymore. Hmm. He comes in and he starts talking to Monica Bellucci and within five seconds they're making out and having sex. But it just does not. It, it sticks out like a sore throat as, some, as, as this like this old school example of what a man's supposed to be. And I honestly think that's one of the reasons why that series is not finding its footing anymore. Huh. Is it's hmm. just it's 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 an archaic sort of example of what that hero should be anymore. Like, you know, that was that was Ian Fleming's way of writing like every quote unquote man from the from the 60s like what a, a idyllic version of themselves supposed to be and that person is a jet setter not stuck to anyone can have sex with whomever they please has infinite funds from a government can kill whomever they want can do whatever violence they want and there's no repercussions and they are the hero but it's just not that's not accurate that's not real life so i don't know so who's like the the model seducer now that feels real oh god it's 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 like impossible to answer that question um, I oh god, <laughs> you just said yeah. it. no. I think it's. I honestly think. I mean, I look at it through my wife's perspective, right? And I look at the men that she responds to, and I think those are those are guys that are have a natural sex appeal because they're good looking, but also are seemingly uh, have good careers because they're talented, but also treat their significant others well. You know, when she sees a picture of like a Chris Hemsworth and he's carrying his little baby and his yeah. wife's next to her. Him, I mean that that helps me form a different perspective on him. Mm. I look at him, I'm like, this dude's Thor. Mm-hmm. I want to be Thor. Mm-hmm. I want those abs. I want that thing where they take the shirt and the, and the V, and everyone, even myself. Thrust bucket. Goes, I believe you called it once. I do call it that. <laughs> I didn't sure. want you to paint you that. You have to clean it up because Anna has a real career and a real podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thrust <laughs> yeah. bucket. Um, I'm, I'm gonna use that in the show somehow. <laughs> yeah. Slide it in. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Growing but, up ten yeah. years after you. So yeah. 1989. I feel like things have been very different. Like it's still not good, but. I grew up like very differently than what you're saying about like it's not cool to cry. I feel like from a very young age, it's like feel your feelings, huh. and like especially growing up in San Francisco, and I understand I have a different experience than many other people yeah. out there. Um, but in San Francisco, it was very much like men are supposed to 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 cry, men are supposed to be able to be emotional and communicate and uh, be honest and have these like feelings and also be able to the, to express them. And I also feel like with the the rise of talking, you have James Bond, right? Mm. I had Justin Timberlake, <laughs> you know, what I mean? but it's like I, with the rise of like the boy bands and stuff like that. And then like mm. really that's, this, that's a great this point. turn into like metrosexuality that's becoming the point. norm. Uh-huh. I remember like, it was cool to be Metro. It is cool to be Again, Metro. I want to just give Hold a on. shout out to New Kids on the Block. No, yeah. stick with me. Stick with me. Because okay. I remember that being a thing in grade school that 
we as the boys had to hate New Kids in the Block because it was not cool. That was a girl thing to like. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. They were like same thing with like Menudo. Like you know uh-huh. what I mean? That was a girl thing. Like you couldn't do that. And I do remember when Backstreet and 98 Degrees and Sync happened. It was this weird thing of my generation. I think immediately being dismissive of it until somebody was like, "No, we're allowed to like that now." Kind of thing. I'm like, "Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. This song is good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's Who doesn't slap? Like yeah. You know, it, it, it is. Slap. It's funny to think that too because I think I think back. To, I mean, I obviously love Justin Timberlake and Sync, but there was a moment where I was like, I have to pretend like I like this ironically. Mm, Otherwise, you've talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, like you have, it's a joke. It's a joke. And then it becomes, there's that one time when you play it one more time where all your friends are like, this isn't a joke anymore. We all just like this and we're just cool with it. We're all cool with it. All right, good. Yeah. I mean, I feel like no matter how old you are, no matter what generation, there's going to be, there's a couple years around like being, it's middle school. It's really middle school where, or in in the high school even where no matter what is cool, people can make fun of you for it. And it's like, I remember there's a time like growing up with Pokemon, loving Pokemon, it hit a certain point where it's like, it's not cool like Pokemon. But meanwhile, I'm like, I'm always gonna like it. And it took a couple years till I realized yeah. everyone else around me also did. Yeah. And then we were like, I remember it was like in eighth grade when Ruby and Sapphire came out and we're all just like, pulling out a Game Boys, I'm like, what were we doing the last couple of years? Like trying to act way cooler than we are. So stupid, what are we trying to prove? Yeah, like, I mean, the question I have is who propagates these 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 sort of like ideals, right? Is it is it guys doing it to other guys or is it guys thinking that that's what women's perception of them is supposed to be? Mm. And this, yeah. is always, this is the thing I struggle with because I mean, I, obviously that's a very broad question. But I mean, from your perspective, what what do you think the answer is? Well, it's like, it's interesting for me talking to younger women about like what they expect when they're dating now because for me, like, as, you know, I totally, I get men who express their feelings is what I always said I mm-hmm. wanted. But I also kind of, like, expected the guy to kind of make the first move sure. and was sort of like, and that does not seem to be the norm at all and sort of, you know. Well, now people communicate, uh, from my understanding, directly just through phone. Yes. Don't even talk to <laughs> through my understanding, this is how the kids so do So that's things. a way better idea. <laughs> I just want everyone to know, way more streamlined. Um, yeah, but I think it's interesting because I think that women – Women also, it wasn't just what men thought women wanted. It's what women thought they were supposed to want. Mm -hmm. And then they sort of men responded to that as well. Because women didn't know they could go after what they wanted also. They thought they needed to wait to be pursued. That was always interesting too. Because I I do think back to when I was dating. And there there was that perception of like, I forget what the old saying was. But there was like, you always wanted a woman who was like feigned being sort of like, uh, wanting to be chased after, but you wanted her to be aggressive sexually, right? You're, you or you did respond to that level of confidence. So you yeah, the, the street, hard to get. That's what I was sex freaking, yeah, freaking yeah. the sheets. So I mean, but 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 <laughs> you would date, and there would be those incongruities, right? Where you would meet someone who was aggressive and had a little bit more of a masculine trait, right? Or had some of those masculine traits, and you were like, wait a minute, this is hot, like this is sexy. And that's one of the things I actually responded to with my wife was that she was. I hate to use the term strong, independent woman because that has even been kind of. Everything's getting co-opted. co-opted. Yeah, exactly. And, You're allowed to say, like, take it back. Uh, it's yeah. No, I mean, Let's own it. it I met my wife and she was no <laughs> take bullshit. Take it back, scumbag. Yeah. And I was, I was blown away by how attractive that was to me. I was like, whoa, this woman, like, she's not taking my normal line of shit. Like, I'm, I'm, throwing my, I'm throwing my game out and she's like just batting it away like it's nothing. And there's something huh. cool to that. And that ended up being the person that I chose to spend my life with, which tells me a lot. Um, see, I don't know. No, I mean, that was the same thing, right, with my wife. Like, she is the one who pursued and uh-huh. I ignored the first two like 
hails. Uh-huh. I totally ignored it. It's just like, just her in the, in, but it, for me, it was that we were in the same industry. And it was that, you know, she's on, she was on, or is now again, but at the time was on, you know, uh, AAA publisher. Like, people talk to you all the time. And the last thing in the world I ever want, wanted or want to do is misread that kind of signal. Yeah. Where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, you're flirting with me. Nope, I'm doing my job. Oh, crap, sorry. Uh, now I look like a moron and you're never going to work with us you again. And you're always going to think I'm stupid, right? Yeah, you get cleansed. You know, you know what I mean? Not that I would have been that aggressive. I don't think Doesn't I would have no, I mean, that's lumped into the bucket. But that that's what I think is really hard about right now is that people want I think myself, I look for like what are the rules? Or is there a rule book? Is there something that this is the do's and don'ts of life? And it's just that's just not the way it works, right? Yeah. Everyone's different, every situation is different. And those situations can change from second to second, moment to moment, depending on the circumstances. Yeah. And so I think it's a I I really feel for a lot of younger guys that are coming up right now and maybe potentially being either frustrated or confused with how to negotiate or navigate dating right now um because i think that a technology is not allowing them to have a ton of interpersonal connection with people mm-hmm. and so you don't really get that like oh we're figuring this out and I'm, and I'm and i'm practicing talking to someone of the opposite sex um but also b i think there is an inherent fear that you're going to make a misstep someplace where you didn't even know there was that wasn't a thing i mean there are terms that are coming out every day for every to define the, the minutia of everyday life or or sexuality or gender or or uh, ethnicity that I, I hear a new one every day and I think to myself, have I, if I go back a week ago that I misspeak, am I offending someone? Um, you know, so I can't even imagine what that looks like if you're in high school yeah. or college yeah. or high school where you're, where you're living your entire life online and you have to paint this picture of yourself. Yep. See, I, I disagree. I'm on the other side of that where I feel like the cell phones and the constant texting, the Snapchat and all that stuff makes it easier for people to communicate. And because of that, like there, people are paying attention to having these conversations Openly, but you don't it's get not tone like or this, subtext in the, in those things, but, right? But I think I mean, it's easier for people to purposely misconstrue those. I mean, I guess, but no matter what, you can go back in history, and it's just it'd be different pros and cons for each sure. various form of communication. But what I'm saying is, like having uh, Facebook, for example, like articles about uh, Aziz Ansari, mm-hmm. right? That sparks communi- like a conversation, and like people are having the conversation when they weren't before, and it's like at the point where it's like, yeah, every week something new is happening. But I feel like it's never been easier for guys to know the rules if they just pay attention a little bit if they just yeah. read and look into That's things like they're like they should know like hey like it's not a thing of like am i not allowed to do this it's a assume you're not allowed to do anything right until you know you are you know until you have a conversation understand where you stand in that whole what well, i just feel thing. like it's such a different thing of the way it's getting expressed. I mean, and not even just this podcast, right? The fact that this conversation is happening and there's so many people watching or listening and then it's happening on different forums and all stuff. And there was one that I thought encapsulated real well. I couldn't find it in time, sadly, but on Reddit recently, I was, you know, scrolling through and there was one like, what is something everybody should know about dating? You know, and there, or mm-hmm. what, this stuff. And there was one in there and it was a, an aunt talking about her nephew. And it was a story of, uh, you know, my nephew just got turned down by the girl he asked out or whatever. And she said, you know what you need to do now, right? And he goes, yeah, this, everybody tells me, keep trying. And she's like, no, stop, it's over. And the kid was like taken aback by that and like hurt, but it's like, wow, what great advice. You know what I mean? I think about me in junior high and this girl I had a huge crush on and asked out four different times, right? <laughs> Hoping that every few months the answer would change. No, I was a creep, stop, what are you doing? It's over, like move on. Like don't, somebody should have stopped me and been like, I understand where you're at and I understand the feelings you're feeling. It, that's not going to happen. You know right. what I mean? Like you can't do that. You can't chase that. But I, nobody did and it was totally normal and I'm sure it was uncomfortable for that girl and I was like, oh man. I feel like this is where a lot of media comes in, right? Because it, talking about the 80s movies, oh, right? Yeah, what was yeah, it? Always pursue, pursue, pursue. pursue, pursue. Yeah, yeah. And then what happens at the end? 
he, he gets, gets her. her. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, and that's and I, I I've talked about this at length with with a number of people, but I always find it fascinating that like how much movies shape our reality, yeah. right? And how much media is responsible for shaping reality and vice versa. Um, I, I like for instance the idea that any major problem in your life can be solved in under two hours mm. is ridiculous, right? But that is what we get. And you'd be remiss if you didn't think on some level that was shaping your subconscious of how you view things and how mm -hmm. you attack problems. For the longest time, I had an issue with that where I would hold myself back because I would think, well, I'm going to like I would want to do the one thing that was going to get me catapult me to the next level. Right. But that's not reality. Reality is it's a little grind over and over again. Baby steps. Everything you want to do toward achieving a goal, whatever that goal might be. Um, I've gone off on a tangent there a little bit. I'll bring no, it back around. But. Something you're saying right here reminds yeah. me of a conversation me, you, and Gia were having uh, two months ago or so uh, about the movie Trainwreck with uh, mm -hmm. oh Amy Schumer. Uh, Amy Schumer. That's right? an interesting example, by the way. And but I did not realize that there was a lot of negativity surrounding. And, that and that's the thing is like I feel like that's such a, a perfect example of this conversation we're having where um, I, I feel like a lot of guys would look at that movie and be like, oh yeah, like look, it's a strong, independent woman, and like she has the story, and she she's allowed to be sexual and all this stuff. But then Gia's like. Fuck no, that movie sucked ass. Like the the end of the story is she needed a man to fix her problems. She needed to not be a train wreck. She needed to stop going out and partying. She right. needed to stop. It's like, but see, that's no. interesting. And, and again, how we view media depending on what our circumstances are. That's not how I saw that. What I saw that was it was less about gender and more about age. I saw it as a person who was leaving their twenties and needed to grow up. Yeah, right. And I and I see that because I used to be that person and now I'm 38. And I look back on those days and I go, ugh, like. The thought of going out right now and getting blasted. What is that? How does that I'm resonate with you? It makes me tired. No, happen, right? <laughs> There's Netflix to be watched. Um, and so that's how I saw that. But it's interesting that Gia came in because she is, not that she's getting blotted every night, but she is like late 20s. Mm -hmm. And the idea of going out and having those nights is still enticing to her. And so I think she viewed that for Like she was like, there's nothing wrong with that. Let's mm -hmm. go over here. What's going on with her needing a doctor to make her happy? Yeah, um, it was just fascinating. That was an interesting conversation. Okay, so I have a question for you as yes. someone who was raised woke in San Francisco. <laughs> that is and has, woke. Has good been way to put it. <laughs> feeling his feelings since yes. birth. Yes. So, like, what have you learned about like, like, what's the way that you communicate when you're interested in someone? Like, how do you do? Do you say words? Do you like just put it out there, or do you like what does that communication? I mean, it's, it's look definitely like? been a learning process in my life. I made a lot of mistakes, and I feel like that—that's this whole thing—is like going back and looking back, like oh, it would have changed so many things, and things that were okay then are not okay now, or whatever. And like I used to be a big grand gesture guy, and it's like I quickly learned. Not quickly learned is not the right way. To put it. <laughs> Over this course of ten years, maybe. Over the course of ten years, I learned like this. This is this is not the right way, way to handle this, and it's like it. Eventually, it hit a, it hit a point with uh, the invention of AOL Instant Messenger, kind of priming me and teaching me how to communicate with people and like how we communicate in this day and age. How to say a scary thing uh, and not having to do it face to face. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but but even then, it, I really feel like the art of the text message. It's about conversation. Like every relationship I've I've been in in the last like in my adult life has started. I mean, it started with text. It started with meeting people or whatever but like it became a relationship because we just enjoy talking to each mm, other mm. and it is it usually starts with text then i like phone calls i know you don't like phone calls I hate phone calls yeah i, I call them as much as possible uh -huh. um but no, like, I love, like that's the thing is like then it hits a point where it goes from text to phone calls and we talk all the time and then it, it's a lot of talking 
a lot of communication. I still love phone calls, by the way. I call my wife every chance I get just to let her know what's going on. And boy, she doesn't care. She does not. She cares in so much. It's like, it's great that you're alive, but you don't have to call me when you're on the way home from work every day. She's like, I'm going to see you in 10 minutes. You could have just not done this. Sometimes I'll call her and I think it's hilarious to walk in while I'm still on the phone with her. She does not think that's funny. She's like, stop. You're just wasting minutes. I'm like, it's unlimited. Who cares? I was going to say, you're still on a minute plane? The big thing with the texting and stuff is I feel that you shouldn't play games. It shouldn't be a wait three days to text. Do what you feel is right with the person. Like uh-huh. have that conversation. If you had a good night with somebody, text them. Let them know you had a good night. If you're thinking it, say it. And if they don't react well to it, back off. Don't keep trying. Yeah. Well, that was always, I mean, like, you know, uh, being single as an adult and uh, engaging in those first few dates with somebody was always, I felt, the most, like, freeing thing especially mm-hmm. coming out of long-term relationships mm-hmm. where it was like cool i'm gonna start and i'm just gonna lay out some of my baggage and lay out where i'm at or what i'm thinking and feeling and if that's not gonna connect with you i'm glad we're talking about now and i'm glad this ends after date two or whatever uh-huh. and we don't have to get into something where you know a while from now i've been hiding my true self whereas now i'm like no that's what i'm doing got a bunch of superman crap here what's going on <laughs> <laughs> no but it is interesting when you when you start talking going back to tim's point of like you having to learn that right you're you you obviously tend to surround yourself with people who are like-minded if you get in an echo chamber very early of people who are like no keep going keep going keep trying keep trying like that boils down to your point of like what is your example of like modern masculinity um, I don't know that there are too many of those and hopefully people can find groups where they're like, yo, like, cause there is a time when there might be a girl who's too timid to tell you that she likes you and you might be, too timid. There, it, there might be a time sure. where trying yeah. again is actually the right thing, right? That's not necessarily a bad thing, but hopefully you have at least someone in your life who's like, let me make this decision for you. We're waving uh-huh. you off. You can't land here. This is done. She's being nice to you. Cause we, I have friends today. Even to this day, they're like, should I text that girl again? And I'm like, how many times have you texted her? Three times. Has she texted you back? No. The answer is no. You stop right there. Pick up on that social cue that she doesn't want to. Don't make her say no to you. And it's the same with women, by the way. Don't make the guy say no to you. I don't want to keep painting this as like a guy thing. Because I honestly do think there are so many more commonalities that we never address. That like being a good person should be kind of genderless, right? Yeah. It's right. we talk about we always we always like to talk man versus woman and put them up against each other. Like, what does it take for for a female to to lead versus a man, and how are those perceptions? And I'm like, but ultimately, I think back to to people in my life that have inspired me, and the traits are what inspire me about them, not necessarily the mm-hmm. fact that they're able to do that because of their gender or in spite of their gender. If that makes sense. Yeah, but I do think the conquest thing is something boys and men are taught about more than girls and like, from my perspective yeah from yeah. my perspective that is a complete and total line of bullshit really yes i i i grew up with that in mind um and i it led me to make a lot of decisions that older nick would not make now namely the idea of number a number having yeah, a number yeah. in your brain of like how many people you've had sex with i put a large uh, value in i had a lot of importance that i was like i have to not as a competitive thing. And when I met my wife, it wasn't like we were comparing numbers or anything like that. But there was some part of me that was like, as a single guy, you're supposed to be doing this stuff. And so, but as a single guy who wasn't particularly, you know, attractive right off the bat and didn't particularly have a, oh, I look fantastic now. But like, you know, when you're, <laughs> this is the other problem when you, as a guy in your 20s, you're just getting you're growing started. into yourself. Yeah, yeah. You don't really even know who you are ever, let alone when you're just out of college. What? I mean, you know? you're totally right, and I, that's the thing. Of I remember when being young, in quotes or whatever, d- dating in your twenties and doing all the stuff where the number was such a big deal in college. Of thinking, well, like how many times it. have you got? And this is the other thing: how many times have you like some girl maybe wanted to go home with you, or you could hook up with a girl, and you're like, I don't really want to do that. And then what does your friend call you? 
pussy. Like, you fucking pussy. You pussy. Like, what are you gonna pussy out on that? You're like, I mean, I pussy guess I'm out not. on the pussy. Exactly. Can't do like, that. Dude, <laughs> it's it's so many pussies. But it's right like, in a row. Yeah, like like as you get older, that just means you, you realize what bullshit is and it does. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think about like again, it, to where does that come from? It fucking like a definitive scene in Clerks. Right mm-hmm. of how many dicks she sucked, and Dante so wigged out, so wigged she out about how many thirty-seven. Dicks. I'm thirty-seven, and it's like who the f- why? Who in your right mind would think? And now, now, I mean, like once it gets to a point, it's just like cool. Are you like do you have diseases? Am I gonna? Yeah. Are we either of us gonna make each other f- sick? No. Fine. What the this? fuck do Is I? Is there gonna be shingles from? <laughs> <laughs> it's now your fear. No, but I mean, for shingles. And that's my other thing too. Is guys, we have to recognize when we're doing that. I don't think that there is. I don't think that there are some circumstances where I think it's beneficial to have someone around you who's pushing you, right? I think that to be brave, yeah, to be brave or to have courage or to get out of your comfort zone and attack fear, right? So you have to. It's it's hard to draw the line when you're on the fly. Of am I am I gonna be push this person to do this because I know it's gonna be a great thing for them and they're just letting fear stop them, or do they legitimately not want to do this? Yeah. Right? And that radiates everywhere. It's not just when in sexual relations, it's every single thing. It's trying to get a new job. It's trying to put yourself out there as internet people. Uh, it's trying to do even a funny tweet where you're like, yeah. hey, I'm gonna say this thing that might be a little risque and I wanna say it, but I'm scared to say it. Well, tell them, like, just fucking say it. What's the worst that can happen? You offend someone or something happens and you deal with the consequences, but that either way there's growth in there someplace, right? And so so for me, I don't think that there's, I don't like calling people pussies, but I do think there, there is something for guys, to be said for guys being like, hey, I'm gonna push you to do this because I know you can. Sure. And I know that after you do it, you're gonna be but, a broader, better person. That, but that's that thing where there's the good version. There's the good, I'm wholesome and I'm helping you as a friend and a colleague sure. and somebody I love. I think they call it encouragement. Versus, yeah, versus <laughs> that's the term as opposed right. to shaming. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Of like I think, like, you know, I think, when I, I always talk about it, you know, on the heels of the Mizzou video, I mentioned it at the end, and it comes up probably, uh, we, we talked about it in the vlog or whatever, but just the fact of, like, going to Mizzou, right, going from the suburbs of Chicago to the middle of Missouri and being around a bunch of country people, I think it could have easily, you'd have the perception, just hearing that on paper, that it would be more small-minded, or it would be make me more harsh, right? But, like, I look back at who I was coming into Mizzou, and, like, I was such an asshole. I was such a kid like i mean i always talk about with poe right you know, everybody's heard about poe my best friend poe. i know you know him well uh but best friend from <laughs> chicago we'll probably call right? him at some point during the show. <laughs> well, i wonder what then I, then I, yeah. what was it oh he hadn't seen spider-man homecoming and i was like fuck you pussy and hung up not yeah uh but so it was weird. like so coming weird. in from college like or from high school into college like i was so me and poe were, were friends then we're friends now obviously but i was so mean because i was like out to make the other friends laugh and i was doing so much like mean stuff without ever like showing that i loved him right Mm -hmm. and so then to go to mizzou and find like the antlers who are a group of people who are you know mean and like funny but funny mean and then the way we treated each other and the way the hayes family accepted me and all this stuff to like to teach me to be a better person Mm -hmm. and to teach me how to joke around with somebody but then also be there for them right Mm -hmm. and be not be afraid to cry and what family is and how these relationships work and like the fact that I left there like such a better person than I came in is always what astounds me a lot about my education, but also about the group of primarily men I sur- I surrounded myself mm-hmm. with. That we were all like this weird animal house, not frat frat. That what like you, you think of a frat experience, usually it's hazing and bleach and fucking mm-hmm. pounding on each other where this was like real like, hey, we're going to do this cool thing. Do you want to come person who knows no one and we're going to hang out and we're going to do this and we have all these friends and here's another group and here's how we interact with girls and stuff. And sure, there's, you know, 
college guy stuff in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, take that girl home, whatever. But like, that's just people being people and growing up the same way I did. Yeah, I, IGN was my experience for that. Sure. And it, it's it, this conversation's interesting because I do feel like with Nick as kind of my like Papa Obi Wan. I don't know my, my Obi Wan in a lot of ways. I feel like you like I met you like right. I first got to know you when you were engaged to mm -hmm. Danielle, mm -hmm. and so I was kind of there through the whole experience. You getting married and all that stuff. And I feel like you being where you were at in your life with your wife, like really changed your mentality. And I feel like you had to rapidly grow up during that time period, it was which is right when I was going through a really pivotal like growth period. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm super lucky that I got to jumpstart my growth as a man and like what I want to be to a partner. And I think I, I have to thank you for that, but it's like, I also have to thank Danielle, you know? Like I feel yeah, like she, you gotta thank her a lot she, more she than she me. She raised a good <laughs> man. <laughs> I, I, I don't know the guy I'd be without her. I don't, yeah. I don't think I'd like that person. I think I see, I see some of my friends who remain single at 38 and I think you're wasting away. Like you're, you've wasted 10 years of potential of growth with someone else. Um, so, but yeah, no, it was, it was interesting because you were the first person that came in that I saw myself in because you came in roughly at the same age as that organization that I did when I, when I started. Yeah, and I too. always mm -hmm. thought to myself, like one of the key aspects I think that, that a lot of people should find out there is someone, not that I was a mentor to you, but the idea of me getting the opportunity to have you learn from any of my past mistakes was a, was a huge mm -hmm. thing for me. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, there's actually someone who asked me what I thought of this, this thing. This is valuable. Yeah, yeah and like he's getting value, not out of my uh, successes, because I don't think you, I didn't really teach you a lot of things like how to succeed, but I did, I was like. I taught, I taught you that. You did, but I was like, hey, don't do this. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know a lot, but I know what not to do, and don't do this, and that was a tremendously uh, special relationship for me, and it's one that, I, that I've gone forth since and tried to look for with other people. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, let, me, let me at least tell you what not to do. So that's you can the power of the show, right? Yeah. And the shows we do. Maybe not the morning show, because now we just scream and be idiots. But like, we had a good one today. Good one. Watch, <laughs> watch, watch the one about grandma, the dirty words grandma can't say. Uh, <laughs> but like on this one in particular, like it is of like, hey, here's all the mistakes we've made. It's a much right? better headline, by the way. We should change it to that. What did you but call it? I called it, how many dirty words does your grandma know? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but I mean, like, here it is. We get to talk to an audience that in a lot of ways, you know, doesn't have the experience we do. So they get to learn from our mistakes yeah. or our successes. Yeah. But I think that's that is that is very true. Like that is an opportunity that we get all the time where that that's that's the fun part about the podcast medium. So we can go as long as we want. And this is not a show that's organized. We can Google something right now. Like yeah. how many We're how many <laughs> how many times do you watch CNN or MSNBC or I mean, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you don't watch a lot of Fox. Um how many times are you watching these news shows? And you're like, how, how, why are these people putting on this air of superiority and authority when clearly they had 20 people researching It's getting this pumped stuff. in their yeah. ear. Yeah, their like some, there's like 30 people back there. I'm sorry for making that assumption. Maybe you are a huge Fox. And, I and don't friends. watch cable news myself. Okay, well, that's probably I smart. listen to public radio. There you go. Yeah. You're very smart. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, you look at these and it's like this whole, our whole reality is shaped by this like man or woman behind a desk and prim and proper and clothes that I would not wear on a daily basis. And they're, they're supposed to know all these things. And I'm like, isn't it way cooler to see the person you look up to not know something yeah. and go, Kevin, mm -hmm. can you Google that mm -hmm. thing real quick? And then he, and we discover it together. That means that we're all, that we're all capable of being wrong and right yeah. at the same time. We're all fallible creatures, yeah. Yeah. right? Exactly. That's reality. That's not this bullshit make believe I'm going to get a gun and fight all these guys off to save my, my wife who's a damsel in distress. It's, I don't really know the answer to that. Let's figure it out together. Yeah. And that's what I love about what we get to do every day. We always talk about like when like people are always like, oh, when are you guys going to like, when do you think Greg, Greg's going to get too big to leave kind of funny? And I'm like, we're it's not going to happen. 
because we get this tremendous opportunity to make this whatever we want to make it. Now, if he gets too big, I'll end you. You'll take me I out. I will fucking take you out. I'll get that commando <laughs> You'll gun. You'll take your take little pile of shingles and we'll get him down. I'm um, down. It's over. But yeah, but here's my question for you. Uh-huh. How do you how do you view uh, competition, right? Ooh, uh-huh. Because I think that's where it starts with mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of guys, right? Is your dad was competitive someplace. They put you in that sport or a sport very early on, and that forms Ooh. and shapes your reality of kill or be killed, sink or swim, uh, for example, as a, as an example, um, I've recently started doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu again after a uh-huh. long time off. And I and one of the things that I find absolutely fascinating is there's a communal sense to what we do. Dads tra- bring the kids into the kids' classes. They watch. They coach the kids. Moms are there, too. If they're training as well, they're watching the kids. Um, and then they go on. The kids go over play together, and then the dads train. And so there is this aspect of, like, I'm teaching you this thing, but with jiu-jitsu, it's literally one-on-one Either you, I break your arm or I strangle you. And that's a very outrageous, violent version of what we call it tapping. If I, t- I tap you or you tap me. Yeah. But that is something that I think has a lot of pros, but also a lot of cons to it. Yeah. I don't know what your perspective is. I think, well, as a woman, I am a very competitive person. I'm mm-hmm. a middle child and I also am a Virgo. Mm-hmm. Which I think means an I don't extra. know. See, I was going to say, I was good at when, when we made the joke reason, about me I'm being really born hard in to January. play Scrabble with. Yeah, For okay. some reason, I'm really insufferable because um, I don't like to lose. And and as a like, it's that's not a quality that I feel like. Um, that's a quality I had to learn to like accept and lean into. Mm-hmm. That that's a part of me that I like. I like to win. I like. I'm ambitious. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Of course, like you can pair that with not being a jerk and like you compete mm-hmm. in certain realms, but you also try to be kind and a good teammate in sure. other situations. But um, like the hit movie Game Night. Yes. About this. Yes. Was it a hit? Was it a hit? Game Night? Yeah. Yeah. I got to go back and watch that. about it. I don't understand. Tim's oh, a huge dude, your, your question sounded incredulous. I just want to know how much they're paying you because you seem to work game night in every podcast. <laughs> game night's fantastic. <laughs> All right, well. Hey, if they're paying feel, him, they're paying us. So I feel doing. like competitiveness is like a, that's like a positive, it's a traditionally masculine trait. Yeah, that's I why feel I like it's sort of like, it can raises the level of everybody when you mm. think like, I'm going to try to be excellent and I hope you can try to be excellent too. Mm-hmm. So that's like great um, mm. if you can do it in a way that's not, abusive or you know beating the little guy just because you can right. and dominating mm-hmm. you know it's like competing is like how do we make each other better right we were just talking about this today at lunch but uh and to take this back to pokemon because i was bring pokemon <laughs> I <guess laughs> was three times a podcast all roads uh, lead to pokemon that uh, when i was eight years old i played pokemon and it taught me the word rival and i thought it was so interesting like something about uh-huh. it i was just like oh this is cool like he's not a bad guy he's just your competition and like uh i totally took that into real life and I've said the story before but it it fits here like me and my friend group early on we all met when we were like 11 like we all were like same minded and we're just like hey we're gonna try to be better than each other but not in a fuck you way in a hey this time I'm better than you but next time you're better than me and like I feel like we just kept growing that way and once we added partners into our lives like they're similar as well and like it's it's just a very positive thing as we all just kind of rise together yeah, it's very weird because like this is obviously starting something as as intense as like wrestling when you're 38. Um, it's not recommended, but at <laughs> <laughs> all, you know, especially just from the emergent, urgent care bills alone, it's not recommended. But I have noticed a tremendously positive thing come out of it in that I had always, even in our Let's Plays, I was like, oh, I'm just going to be the funny guy and shy away from actually trying to put up a fight because the idea of competition is just not where I want to be. Then I kind of, in order to progress in this uh, sport, 
I've had to go and do a couple in-house tournaments and, and you're kind of rewarded for actually being able to do the uh-huh. thing against a real component. And from that, just the level of my ability to deal with anxiety has huh. increased so much. Confidence. And it's made yeah. me, it's, yeah, it's a confidence, but it's also the knowledge of like, you know, unless it's a cataclysmic thing, you're going to be okay. Even if you lose, you're going to be okay. You're gonna, there's going to be spinning. another day. Yeah. And the idea behind that of like, it's just kind of made everything a little less amped up. Huh. And I can go in and I think it's made me a better person because I'm, instead of being like, everything matters so much, I'm like, eh. That's well, interesting because eh. the competitiveness, it, it like, that brings in like that losing is a valuable thing because you realize well, people you can be talk resilient about, after you well, lose. Well, people use the word failure. And I don't, I, I really wish we could come up with a better term for that when it comes to a process. Because they're in, you know. What, it, uh, who is it? Somebody's got a quote, right? Uh, that I never failed. Those are just the times I didn't succeed. Yeah, I didn't succeed. Yeah. And I love that because it, because with a sport like jiu-jitsu or even, uh, you know, even so far as like I've also been doing stand-up comedy, which by the way, remind me about that because you were talking about the idea of giving each other shit. And I, it oh, is, God. it is on a different level when you're around comics. Because they're not only giving you shit because they think that's what they're supposed to do, but they're doing it because for so many different unique reasons. Yeah. And it's fascinating and horrifying all at the same time. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's very scary, but it's also in- fascinating because it's part of the process, right? It's testing people's uh, limits and uh-huh. their boundaries. And that's kind of the power of stand-up comedy is you're supposed to actually be able to do that. So I'm torn on it. Or on one, I've never been the kind of person who likes to give people shit, even though I, I sometimes I do. Mostly Kevin. You agree with that, Kevin? Um, <laughs> I only give Kevin shit. When Kevin gives me shit, no. it's still po- it's still negative. No, no, Kevin. When we, That's a lot. no, you're just playing it up for you because you're here. He's, no, he's, he's <laughs> no, but like, but on, on uh, you know, I know, I've never been one to respond to that as as sort of a, like a, a positive tool. But then you got a comedy, and you're like, there's something like like kind of crazily good about this, where you're saying that y'all we can't talk about that specific subject, but the idea of comedy, the idea of stand-up is there's supposed to be nothing taboo about it. So if you're willfully submitting to that, where is that line of what you're what is acceptable to you versus what is acceptable? I say it's there's no definition for it. I'm just saying it's a fascinating like like use case scenario of like watching people in this tiny little ecosystem who are kind of allowed to do whatever they want, but not really because yeah. there's still social mores that apply to it. It's very interesting. Yes. Yeah. You should come out if you want to. If you ever want and to do see the, one. do the women uh, do it in the same way as the men? Uh, yes and no. Give each other shit. Yeah. Yes and no. Um, I've noticed that just from our small uh, uh, like community that we have in San Francisco, um, a lot of the women. I don't know if they do this on purpose or if it's just kind of what happens, but they tend to stick together, even when they're sitting. Huh. There'll be like clumps of women. Like when we go to like comedy clubs or you, I go to the punchline every Sunday uh, for an SF showcase. We go wait and you get picked sometimes to go up and yeah. sometimes not. But I'll notice there are, I don't want to say clicks because that paints it negatively. Cl- clicks is better than clump though. <laughs> <laughs> we got a clump Fair. of women over there. <laughs> women from the North. Fair point. Fair <laughs> point. Uh, there will be. Uh, like cottage cheese. That's what I'm picturing. I think people kind of, I think they, they, they sort of group together in that way. And I don't know if it's because it's a, uh, like, hey, we're just like-minded people and we enjoy being around each other or it's like, oh my God, the guys are Help so insufferable. Yeah. That, and, and it's very fascinating because you see, you see, like one of the, the interesting things about doing stand-up is that it's not like performing to a camera. We have no idea how people are reacting to this. We have no idea people it. are even listening yeah. to this. <laughs> I mean, this is, I'm going to go out and say this is one of our best episodes yet, but um, we don't know, right? But with stand-up, if I make a joke about my wife that paints females in a bad light, I can literally look at your eyes and see how you react to that. Uh-huh. And I'll see that. 
and I'll see some women, uh, and maybe again, I'm bringing this. I don't know what people are thinking, but I'm just picking up on people's, uh, you know, nonverbal communication. But I'll look and I'll see a little bit of an eye roll sometimes of like, fuck, this guy is just going to say another joke about a pussy. And that's what's what it's going to fucking be. Here's the question. I have you for know, you. do you and sometimes people just laugh? Do you find and this is totally, I think, our own mindsets, where we're from, what we were raised with. Do you mm -hmm. find the female comics to be? More shocking, more shock value at times. I know this is a broad show, sure, but from what you've show, seen, sure. from what you've seen in your open mic careers, I think that there is. Some people think, and I'm starting to, you know, I see the perspective that being outrageous in any yeah. way you can is a good way to get notoriety, and I think that 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 that's on both sides, right? Okay. Um, I think you can use as a tool the other. To, to, to as, a, as a mechanism to get that outrage out, right? So for a woman, yes, I think that there is something to be said for a woman saying, I'm going to over-sexualize something. I'm going to talk about myself in a way that I would hear a guy talk about yeah. because the guys are going to get that. And the women, potentially maybe the women are going to think that's the right way to do it, right? Yeah. It's going to get a laugh. And you see that a lot. You see that a lot as a main, in mainstream female comics right now. Amy Schumer, Ali Wong, they all talk like... If you were to put it in terms of like a 1940s person talking, they're like, you talk like a sailor, right? Like you yeah, have that okay, a sailor's yeah. mouth, right? Like where in reality, they're just, you can, you can talk however you want. But the people I respond to are the ones that realize they're doing it and put a little extra spin on it. Have a little extra comment. Michelle Wolf. Make you think, hey, I'm doing, Michelle Wolf's a perfect example, It's a perfect right? example because like I'm so, you lean into the Allie joke, Wong but then you like, I get it. Like this, it's, a lot of the stuff is not jokes. It's, right. Like, you're just saying something nasty. Sure. Whereas Michelle Wolf saying something nasty with a context and a reason to say something, and then there's a punchline. But these are all like, and not to not to say that comics are artists in any way, shape, or form, because a lot of us are just Art? tremendously yeah. broken human beings. But these are just tools in the tool chest, right? These are all things you can do to sculpt whatever that whatever that experience you want, and it's all it's unique for every single person, right? If we, if I do a set and you do a set, we I want that, and that was actually one of the interesting things that of doing this is I did a set at a, uh, at Cobb's Comedy Club. Uh, and it was a pretty diverse lineup. Um, and my wife was like, thank God. And I hadn't realized that before, but she had seen me perform a lot of times. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I'm glad they had some women and I'm glad there were some minorities and people of color. Like, because if you just listen to guy, white guy times, after white yeah. guy after white guy, it's times can I hear about Tinder, Uber. my dick, yeah. Uber, <laughs> like that's it. Right. Because you write what you know. I can't, I can't write from the perspective of anyone other than myself. I could try, but it'll be hilarious. And see that, yeah. that drives my question. I think, uh, from my personal experience, I went to an open mic with you or for you, you went to another open mic, but I stuck around with, uh, Tim and Gia mm -hmm. and cool Greg and a woman got up. I forget what her name was. She was another open mic comic, but she got up and her thing was about like, her third abortion in this oh, and God. not like in her kit. And it was very much like, I remember, I've seen so many other male comics go up right. around you, right? And don't remember anything they've said because it is in a way the same thing, right? Just a different shade to it in terms of what that person's talking about. But this woman got up there and did it. And it's that thing of, wow, that it wasn't that the jokes were better. It was just that, wow, I've never heard a female comic talk about abortions right. like that, oh, right? Man. You need to go to more Nick's shows. So yeah. It's literally. That's, I mean, that's, 50% of the that's shows. honestly one of the hardest <laughs> things though, is that how do you differentiate yourself? And I think to your question earlier of like, do you feel like people are, I do feel like people as a tool or as a general rule are thinking like, what's the next boundary that I can push? Well, well that, that's, that's, that's my problem with a lot of the, of Nick's shows. Like even on the, the men's side, I feel like, yeah, okay. The, the women's side is like, oh, talking about sex is crazy. But I feel like in San Francisco, the crazy thing is to go up on stage and say, who here fucking hates the gays? Yeah. And I've there seen are some people guys that try to do that. that. And I'm like, 
You're just going for this shock value. Like, it is the shock to get people listening. Yeah. And you'll remember that guy. And then they go on and start telling some other bad jokes. Yeah, but yeah, and then that's the thing, too, is as a general rule, if anyone's thinking about doing stand-up, don't use that as your opener. Um, and if you do use that as your opener, there better be a really fucking clever thing you say right after yep. that. Otherwise, your people are just going to be like, okay, you're being... You're just being discriminatory against gay people. And that's, and that's great. There was a time and a place for that. It was called the 80s. And that comic was called Andrew Dice Clay uh, or Sam Kennison. They both they both would say things like that. And actually, Eddie Murphy, to a degree, did that, too. And they all got tremendous backlash. <laughs> it's now 30 minutes of you listing all these 80 comedians. <laughs> no, but, that's, but, but we talk about the going back. The problem of the 80s, yet yeah. again. But we reprise. talk about progressivism, right? And that's that could be perfectly seen in stand-up. In that, Eddie Murphy, go back and watch. It's on Netflix. Go back and watch Raw. Go back and watch Delirious. He says the word faggot so many times, and he says it as the punchline. Hmm. These faggots do this. They do this. They do this. And people are laughing. It's a whole, it's thousands of people laughing. And so as a, as a four-year-old, me watching that, first off, what's up, Why mom? Why the fuck? <laughs> Elena Scarpino, what were you doing? I was like, he needs to learn. No, uh, no, I don't think she let me watch it. When I, I think I watched it when I was a little older. Sure, yeah, but yeah, yeah. at some point, you know, I, I did come across that, and I was like, okay, well, that's what, that's what funny is, right? That's, yeah. that's, you know. And again, I don't think that, there should be any th- any subject that is taboo in comedy. I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you're going to broach that topic, you better do it in a way that that if it's going to be for shock value, it needs to be really funny. And if it's going to be for as a joke, it needs to have some level of layered commentary to it or some satire to it. That's that that you can you can back up if that makes sense. Because if not, you're, you're just throwing the punchline. Out- the punchline thing is interesting. Yeah. When that is the punchline. It's like that better be a really funny joke. Otherwise, it's like because that is the statement you're making. Yeah. Like that, that is the commentary. Is but like a perfect a perfect example as uh, Anthony Jeselnik, right? He mm-hmm. says ridiculous things, but his whole set is that, and that, and you understand there's a point to that's it. what he's doing. Yeah. Yep. Right. Okay. He's not that guy. This is an act that he's doing. That he's doing this to test you, to test you, to test. Oh, you laughed, right? What does that say about you? Yeah. And I think that's a really cool, fascinating thing. It might say you're a terrible person, but at least you know that, right? I laughed at a terrible joke about. Him wanting to kill his girlfriend or something like that. Like, what is, you know, there's there's something in there that you can explore. Um, but I think a lot of comics, especially when they're first starting out, go, I'm going to just, I don't know. I don't have these, I haven't built this this sort of arsenal or, or this skill set yet. So I just have the basis level of comedy, which is like, let's 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 say this horrible Screaming thing. Screaming the F word really loud. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's a perfect example. A lot of people just rely on, on fuck. Well, I I just want to go back to Greg, what you were saying about Mizzou. And it was really interesting to me that you said from high school to college, what you learned how to do with your friends was to like make jokes and be funny, but not be an asshole. Yeah. Like you somehow learned how to be funny and be loving at the same time. And that didn't mean you were less funny. It just meant that you like knew how to have camaraderie. Yeah. And I think that that's like a thing. Kevin yells at me. me Well, I (laughs) I think that that's like an interesting thing. Like for me, even when I'm watching stand up, it's like, do you do I have that glint in your eye where I can tell that you have like a golden heart? Mm-hmm. Or are you just raging sure. in a way that like is not adding any delight or joy in the world, right. you know? Like so and I think that that's it's interesting to hear that how you learned how to do that. Cause I think so often when you realize you're funny, you're just like, How do I get the next joke? How exactly. do I get the next joke? Exactly. And then it, you're like, oh, there's a cost if it's a certain kind taking of taking down one of your friends and yeah. the group of friends because the group is laughing, but you continue to egg on one person yeah. to go after one person that and you don't know when to pump the brakes right and I mean like that's bullying that's yeah. exactly and that's something we as kind of funny I think we're way better now but have struggled with in general where we've mm-hmm. come up with a safe word like for real when the what when is a, it? pickle 
Oh. Right, I pickles. Think it's pickles. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, <laughs> Which, if I by the way, pickle out of the blue. Incredibly, incredibly hard to work into a conversation. <laughs> but the thing about it is, just I, what I would know. You have to stop and say pickle. You might as well say stop. I'm getting. You think? But I mean, like that. I'm I, but see, pickles. this goes back to the yeah. point of it too. The big point. The point of it too is that. I mean, our content is us being authentic and being friends and being together all the time. I. I think pickles is just the shorthand for it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, you. I remember the last time it happened where you, I almost said it. I was like, "Why didn't you?" Like, I couldn't work it. I'm like, "No, you don't. You don't need to work the safe word like, into uh, a conversation." Man, I really if want you pickles worked, for lunch. If you, worked it, if, if you worked it into the conversation, I wouldn't. No one would stop. Yeah. We, we wouldn't understand. It needs to be. A, hey, really stop! Funny. You're hurting my feelings. Hey, which is fine to say, but you know, because yeah. that's the thing is, I think when it does go too far. It's usually legitimately because we don't know you're going to. I, yeah. You know, when I bite Kevin's head off in the morning, it's he doesn't know that it's because 13 things have already gone yeah. wrong and now this is going wrong and he's coming in trying to talk about comics and I'm mad about whatever, you know? And it's like when you, that last time it went too far with you, it yeah. wasn't that anybody was trying to be mean. It was that I was just tired. it seemed like it, it seemed like everybody was in on the same, we're on the same page, improving, joking, that's great. And when it clearly wasn't, we're like, all right, stop, go leave the room. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there is that, there is that distinction. Um, and I think, you know, that you have to draw between like, are we playing off each other? Is there a common, a commonality to this? Am I the butt of the joke now, but then Tim's going to be, are we, is that a, is that a, like an understood thing? Yeah. Or are we just fucking with you for no reason? Cause I feel like being mean to someone right now. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you see that a lot. You see that a lot with just responses everywhere, right? You see it on Twitter. You see it on YouTube. You see it in yeah, comment sections geez. where you're just like, Hey, you guys did a great job. You guys did a great job. You guys are shit. And it's like, you just want to rage against someone just right now. Pickles. But but I think that's a perfect example of like, I mean, what you see online, how people choose to interact is people are choosing they're 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 oftentimes outraged for, for the right reasons, right? Because there are outrageous things happening. But then there are people who just want to take the, the piss out of you because and fill in the blank. Are they having a bad day? Are they not happy with the way their life's going? Is that is that just what's going on? And when you look at the cause of of you bring up the term bullying, which is something that really does need to be addressed. That's generally where that stems from, right? Is something happened to that person, right? Rage for guys, uh, anger for guys is a secondary emotion, right? Anger usually is what we use to mask fear or insecurity on some level, right? Like, and then we we always talk about that. When I get really mad, I start I, like I've built these tools now, thanks largely to my wife, where I think to myself like, what what is it that's at the root of this? Mm. Oh, you know what? I'm just kind of scared about this. The tournament I have on Saturday or yeah, I'm overworked because I have, I'm overwhelmed and I don't know how to express that. So I'm going to express that by bending the world to my will, mm -hmm. which never goes the way I want it to go ever. It never works that way. And so I think just that realization of like, that was someone told me that a long time ago, they were talking about fear and why, why, how guys react and why they react to that. And that was very eye opening for me where I was like, huh, I should learn to express myself or not even express myself, just recognize what's happening in my own head before it comes out of my mouth. Hmm. That's a very hard thing to do. And it takes a lot of time. And I get it wrong sometimes, but oh. it's important. No, I get it wrong all the time, too. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think, you know, has been interesting with Jen and being married and having her around all the time is the fact of I'm feeling something and I don't fully understand it why not just express that to her? You know what I mean? Rather than sit on it and like, let it be, go quiet, mm -hmm. go angry, mm -hmm. go whatever. While I try to figure it out on my own, which then reads to her that I'm mad at her, upset with her about something she did, which is never the case. Why not express like, Hey, full stop on what we're doing. We're having, we're having a normal conversation about something else. This is what's happening inside of me right now. And mm -hmm. I need to talk to you about that. And that's new for me in a relationship. Right. But I mean, I think it's just because of 
this is what we signed up for, <laughs> right? right? I mean, <laughs> uh, there's so many examples of that. But the first time I did that Cobb show, right, it was tremendously the, tremendous. The big one. Where the big we all one, right? Yeah, okay. This was a big deal for me as a comic to be able to perform at a big club like that, right? Mm -hmm. and it was a great show, great lineup. I was super nervous about it. And I didn't realize how wound up I was until I asked my wife. It, literally, I asked my wife if I looked okay with my pant cuff folded over my boot. You know, you wear a boot, and as a mm -hmm. Eugene, you fold it up. And she was like, no, I don't really like that. And I snapped at her. Hmm. I was like why do you have to phrase it like that? And what the fuck do you not know? And the next words out of my mouth were, do you not know how much pressure I'm under right now? Which I was like, oh fuck. Like, of course I'm like, I, I'm buckling under this and I'm just looking for a scapegoat of someone to just scream out for a second for that quick flash of catharsis. And then I can go about my day. And my wife did not respond well to that. She was like, I am not having that. You cannot like, she's like, don't, don't fucking me. ask Yay. me if you don't want the opinion. And then I had to, I cooled down. I was like, I'm sorry. I think I'm just really wound up for this. She's like, I know you are, but like, Come on, you can't you can't act like that. And so I think that that's that's a thing too that I think we have to all wrap our heads around is that there. Yeah, I, the thing I find fascinating is guys like just bring it back to your original topic of like men in Hollywood and things like that. You look at a guy like like Louis C.K. right, who went out there and did horrible things. And the question is, and this is more probably a question for the group, is like how is there a way to come back from that? Is there a way that is there a, a legitimate way where you can admit that you've done something wrong? And have people forgive you and still move forward as a public figure, or is it just burn him to the ground? He's done. We got to go on. I, mean, I think I think it's a yes and no. I feel like you'll never get everybody back. It's impossible to get everyone back. But if you're honest and you are trying to your best to make the situation better, and it's not just an empty apology of words, but it's an apology with actions on top of it. I feel like yeah, there will be people that will forgive him, but then there'll be people people that won't. But it's like going on stage and making a joke that's going to offend people. Some people are going to be offended. Some people aren't. Sure. And there is there isn't rules to it. But people are allowed to make judgments. People are allowed to not forgive him, even if he fixes everything. People are allowed to forgive him if he fixes nothing. You know? Yeah. What's your perspective My on that? My personal opinion. Yeah. Personal about Burned Louis C.K. is I, I have loved Louis C.K. Yeah. And I was heartbroken. Yeah. Um, and I like heard the rumors, but I didn't really like let them be true until, you know, I just kind of, you know, you hear it on the internet and then, and even when he did the first acknowledgement, when he was backed into the corner by the New York times yeah. and finally admitted it, I was like, Oh, he's being, he's doing his Louis CK. I'm just going to like say, this is what happened. And I, you know, made mistakes with my penis and da 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 da. That's really honest and refreshing. And then it like the waves of realizing that he knew he had done this abusive behavior and these women were pressured to not talk about it. Mm -hmm. They were bullied. They were kind of like, they had their power taken away from him when he went from them, when he had done, he was the abuser in that situation. Mm -hmm. And so now when I see, I just saw him in an episode of Portlandia and I was like, Oh, that's the Louis that I used to love. Yeah. And I can't, I just don't see him as a man of, of integrity. And Can't that's what he was to me was like, he's the honest guy who like understands human nature. And to know that he was that um, s sort of, uh, y you know, I don't know this root of it, but I, I kind of just don't, I don't enjoy seeing him now. Can't do it anymore. Yeah. yeah. I think there's such a wide chasm between, uh, and like on both sides are I fucked up. And it's, hey, everybody, I fucked up. I'm sorry. Here's what I did. Here's what it is. Blah blah. blah versus, oh shit, people I got are caught. calling me on yeah. this. Yeah. Now I need to fall on my yeah. sword. And that's what you continue to see in 
all sorts of forms of entertainment everywhere of people who mm-hmm. are doing me too or times up and like are fucking up and not saying anything about it until it's way too late. And then like, like, you know, like, like Louie knew what he, what he was doing is wrong. You know what I mean? Like Matt Lauer knew putting a fucking weird ass button under his Matt desk. Matt Lauer for lock. sure knew. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's not like this is like a surprise. And you plan that shit. And that's why you, <laughs> in the, a long time ago in this episode, we brought up like the Aziz Ansari thing mm-hmm. where it was like one of those things of it was, she said that and then he immediately comes out and he's like, whoa, like here's this and it's, I don't, and it's, and it is this weird thing of like, well, did, I didn't mean to pressure. I didn't, but I, how it was going. And, and, like so much of this is gray totally. and that's what sucks is that yeah. it's, it's it's so rarely black and white and when it's black and white it's like holy shit that is black and white yeah don't fucking white, do that it's horrifying so we it's, keep talking about how I, the conversation's important with all this stuff that months ago there was this uh short story that came out called cat person mm-hmm. and i wanted to do it as a, go- a topic on the show but it just got away from us and, and we didn't do it and Unlike what did everything you think about that we person? do in this this show, I actually wanted us to prepare for it, read it, do research, and not just sure. talk out of our ass. What sure. is Capri? Uh, it's it's a short oh story my God, that this I, tangerine I, one smells like medicine. I used to take. Yeah. <laughs> and was, I, medicine I honestly, I I honestly don't even want to talk about what it is. Like I, I just recommend people read it. It's a fifteen minute read, and uh, you think you know where it's going, and then by the time it ends, like uh, I, I'm going to be honest, and without giving any story beats or stuff, as I'm reading it, I uh, huh. You can we can spoil kind of the overarching I, I, tone of what it is. I mean, it, the idea of it is it's a, a woman in college that is experiencing dating a guy. Like that's yeah. the top level. Yeah. Um, and it ends up not going well, but maybe not for the reasons you think. Uh, but as cat. I'm reading it, it's like uh, there was a cat. <laughs> good, uh, she's good guess. Out, she's <laughs> a cat. A she woman trapped a, in a cat's body. Yeah. There was a defensiveness in me of wanting to stand up for the guy. And sure. like, mm-hmm. that's just kind of my gut instinct of being sure. like it's not that bad and it's a very similar situation to the Aziz I'm sorry thing where I'm like well but what about yeah. well, you know well, well mm-hmm. she did she said yes to this yeah. and my oh they're like he didn't do anything wrong like he at all and you know it's like you start doing all that and as I kept reading it I, I still felt that and then it's not until the end when I was really thinking about it I was like fuck man there was a problem here. yeah the, and there's a problem that I get so defensive immediately yeah. from this. Oh no, mm. dude, there's a perfect example of when the whole Louis C.K. thing is where I bring this up is after that stuff dropped, after it really dropped, where it was like, oh shit, okay, this guy's he's he's gone. He's he's this is not a good situation. He's done some terrible things here. I had a conversation with another male comedian uh, in front of a female comedian, and I was like, I said, I, I, matter of factly, but I know if I'm being honest, it came from a place of self, of like defense, right, of like defending the guy or whatever. I was like, I think Louis will beat back. I was like, I think he can go away and I think he can work on himself. I honestly believe he can. I think he'll find he's a smart enough guy and a creative enough guy to find a way to make this a like a meaningful thing to back to his audience and come back into the public perspective. That's not how I phrased it, though. Even that was not not very good. But I was like, oh, I think you like come these back. chicks are pussies. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> it doesn't help that all the other comedians were like trying to do the exact same thing of like bro defending. Um, and this one female comedian heard me say that and she, I saw her internalize it for a second and she went up on stage and fucking ripped me apart. Hmm. Like just take, talking right to me. And she was like, this fucking guy thinks Louis can come back. Why don't I lock you in a fucking room and have a bunch of people come masturbate all over you? Yada, yada, yada. Like what the fuck do you think? Like, and she, and I'll, I, it was shocking to me. And I was like, I was legitimately like shook by it to the point where I could, I had to go home. And it was an interesting experience. Cause I was like, I, Half cocked, defended a guy. Huh. And because I've put myself in this situation where there are a lot of different people, I could hear their different ideas, which is which is the good thing about doing comedy. Like, I heard something that maybe I didn't like. 
and I and and someone didn't like something about me, and so it's just a very interesting process. It like is a, a, different, a different thing that happened to me with the with the cat person thing. Reading, I read it. My girlfriend Gia read it, and she obviously is the one that that put it in front of me in the first place. Uh, and, I mean, it was crazy. She ended up like this. This woman ended up getting like a not a Netflix deal, but like like book huge deals book deal from this thing. And yeah. it was like it started from a Twitter post. Um, but we both read it, and we've had at least 10 different conversations about it. We've had like at least five conversations yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, but with, within those 10 conversations, I swear every single time we talk about it, I'm fighting for a different side. And it's just like, cause I, I do like, it is the, like, is, is he wrong? Is he right? Whatever. And it's just like, I think there's just such value in that of just understanding that there, there is such nuance to the whole thing. Yeah. And for, for you to, to bring up Louie and him coming back and for someone to get mad at you for that, it's like, is that worth getting mad at? Well, but I think I think I, I can't talk for everyone or speak to everyone, but I think I like to try and make order out of the chaos of the world. Um, but I think oftentimes that might not be the best way to do it. I think where the real growth is is in that chaos, is in that gray area of where you're where you're fighting each other's ideals or trying to figure out what's what other someone else's perspective is. Mm-hmm. Um, I my my I think my first instinct is to say like there's so much crazy shit happening in the world that I don't understand that like. I just need this one thing to be the way I think it's supposed to be. Well, that's, I want to go back to cat person because I think what the main cat person breakdown is, it's not like, did the guy do the right or wrong thing? Because it was a, it was an interaction. And I, to the women out there, ladies, I also think it's a call for women to learn how to communicate more clearly about what they want to do and not do. Because if, if we're not just going to be pursued by men, we've got to learn how to have the words to say, I don't want to have sex with you tonight Mm -hmm. or I don't, Aziz, take me home. Yeah. Like, no, I mean yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Stop leave. touching my clothes. Like, yeah. and I'm gonna leave the. I'm gonna leave this apartment. Not that, like, women who are victimized are somehow deserving of it, but I think it. It's this moment is like requiring all of us to lift our game about how to be more direct yeah. about and be super what feels with right. Each other, yeah, right? and that's the big. And part also, of when you want to have sex, say you want to have sex. God, please say it. You know, <laughs> just, <laughs> just say, say it. Do <laughs> the guy will go? Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Like nine out of ten times, it's easy. Um, but that's very true, and that's and that's the thing too. Is like I think that I, I don't like the current climate that I feel like people are being pit against each other because I feel like there are so many different traits that are supposed to be quote unquote male and quote unquote female mm-hmm. that we should both have. Um, if I think of my ideal human being, it's a person who is confident, who goes after what they want, but is also compassionate and is also funny and is also kind and is also willing to sacrifice for the, the goodness of their family, but also fight for their family. And that, and it, if whatever you just visualize in your brain, a, a, a male or female, doesn't matter. But, and so I think that that's, that's the power. I think we're going to look back on this, at least my hope is, 20 years from now and be like, damn, like we made some fucking awesome people out of that. Some people were... You know, we shed some light on some hideous fucking monsters, but in doing so, real good came out of it, and we we have affected some sort of real social change. I think it's a generational thing, and we'll get so. back to that after I tell you about our sponsors. <laughs> First up, <laughs> Omaha Steaks. I've talked about Omaha Steaks before, but they put in here, you know what's coming up? Father's Day. This is true. Oh. Mm-hmm. Father's Day is right around the corner. For the men in your life. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Let me spin you in Omaha Steaks yarn, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I once sent my father... Omaha Steaks. I forget mm-hmm. if it was his birthday or Father's Day. It doesn't matter for this story. He liked it so much, 
and is so detached from my world that he just sends me Omaha steaks now every birthday. Love it. That's how much your dad <laughs> will like Omaha steaks if you send yes. it to him on Father's yes. Day. That's the trick here. Do you want meat? Send it to your father. He might send it back to you on every holiday possible. Of course, it's convenient. It's vari- It's got variety and it's quality. You want meat? <laughs> <laughs> just play the game and get it back. Right now, Omaha steaks is giving a limited time offer to my listeners for Father's Day at 78% off. This really is an amazing deal. Go to omahasteaks.com, type Greggy in the search bar, and you can get this Omaha Steaks Father's Day package, which includes two tender filet mignons, two beefy top sirloins, four chicken fried steaks, two boneless pork chops, Mm -hmm. four all-beef Omaha Steak burgers, four jumbo franks, 12 ounces of all-beef meatballs, (laughs) one pound of steakhouse (laughs) fries, four caramel apple tartlets, one Omaha Steaks seasoning packet, plus... You get four more grill-ready Omaha Steak Burgers free with purchase. Again, this is a limited time package for just $49.99 when you go to omahasteaks.com slash type Greg. That is a good deal. I'm not lying. I would like a Father's Day gift. Hold on one second. Father's Day package. Don't wait. Offer ends soon. Omahasteaks.com. Type Greggy in the search bar. There you go. Again, what I always point out in these ads, Anna, is no one's checking if it's for your dad. Just mail yourself the steaks. I don't know how these people think who they fooling. They don't know who you send it to. Just send it to yourself. I will also gladly act as your father. Speaking of sending things, Gregway. Our next sponsor is Stamps.com. These days, you can get practically everything on demand, like your podcast. Listen whenever you want, whenever it's convenient for you. So why are you still making trips to the post office to mail letters, packages? You can get postage on demand with Stamps.com. With Stamps.com, you can access all the amazing services of the post office, which we love, right from your desk 24-7 when it's convenient for you. Print and buy official U.S. postage on any letter, any package, using your own computer and printer. The mail carrier picks it up. You just click print, mail, and you're done. It could not be easier. Uh, as you know, we've been talking about this for a while. Stamps.com, that's how we're going to mail out stuff from now on. We should get that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's easy. It's right I here. I know. Right now, we can use this special offer. If we can do it, and we're lazy, anyone yeah. can do it. Exactly. Yeah. Right now, use Greggy for this special offer. It includes up to $55 free post- postage, a digital scale, and a four-week trial. Don't wait. Go to. Don't wait. I forgot that T there. I just said no way. That happens all the time. But you have to weigh things with the scale, so it kind of works. Well, that's good. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. <laughs> Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Greggy. That's stamps.com. Enter Greggy. Joester! Joey! She left a long time ago. <laughs> Joey Noel! She's got her headphones on because we can No, it's, she watches it on a hey, delay. Here she is. <laughs> Take this. Uh-huh. Go to my desk. Uh-huh. Get my wallet. Uh-huh. Get the business card and sign us up for stamps.com. Please, thank you very much. Thank you, Joey. When That's you're done with does. that, could you please ask Cool Greg what he's listening to? I want to know. Cool. <laughs> What's he, what do you mean? I don't know. Did you walk by and he's listening? No, to I have no idea, but I know he's listening to something. Maybe no, he's not. It's either way, it's going to be a fun story when she comes back. Early, early, early on, you asked who I thought embodied masculinity in 2018. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And who I think is a male role model. I, and I, I'm going to stick with it. And you know where I'm going, obviously. Oh, of course I do. But I'm not going to do it for the reasons I think a lot of people would. Mm. I'm going to say The Rock. Mm. And I don't say The Rock because he's obviously gorgeous and built and awesome. I mean, not, not gorgeous and built. It's because he's awesome. And I feel that The Rock is setting such an interesting and real standard for it, right? Where it is, his Instagram is ads and deals and him working out, of course. But then there are so many heartfelt things that I think 
we take for granted that our businesses of being authentic and me talking about cancer or my divorce or this struggle or that struggle, him coming out and talking about his struggles coming up and being poor and being a bad person and how he's grown into a better person and what his mom means and when he did cry and the birth of his daughters and the photos of them and saving is like the crazy things the rock gets into of saving his dog from the water and one still dies and all those horrible things, but it's also good. And it's also, he's what we're talking about, right? Of, mm here are all my successes and here are all my failures. And I'm putting them together to show you not only what, not, not only what a man should be, can be, not only what uh, a well-rounded man should be, but also like, I think, hey, I am this buff, strong dude. I am this guy who works out all the time, but I can also be soft and sensitive and funny. Hey, I am, uh, you know, uh, it's what, he's black and Samoan, right? I think so. Somebody help me out on that one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, right, because it's Rocky Johnson and his mom. Yeah, okay, I got that right. Like, hey, you know what I mean? I can be this in a culture that, you know, like, for a lot of African-Americans, don't smile in photos, right? Like, he can still be all these different things. And granted, he can be these things because, He's had the life experiences he has. He has been on the world mm -hmm. stage for so long and be able to break out of that. But in the same way we share our stupid trials and tribulations of marching band and being an antler and growing up in San Francisco, as hard as it was. <laughs> and actually, I doubt it back. Growing up with Kevin, as hard as that was. Thank you. Like, he can get out there and share the same th same yeah. things of how hard it was to be poor and how how angry he was about it. That's something he talks about all the time, so right? It's the chip he had on his shoulder and how it made him to do bad decisions. The, jumping off of that, I mean, that's obviously a great answer, but John Cena is another one. And I was huh. talking to someone recently, it might have been you, but uh, about how there's a special something about professional wrestlers mm. where they are just the the greatest performers because mm. it's like they, it's like improv but it's also physical and it's like there's so much going on and it's it never stops it's not seasonal it just keeps going so you're always sharpening your your tool set uh john cena recently uh him and nikki Bella. one of the bellas nikki uh who had been together forever they had a, a breakup and it was very public and i didn't know what happened so I was kind of interested and it was on the YouTube trending thing. John Cena was on Good Morning America um, or some morning show that wasn't the kind of funny morning show. Unfortunately, and, uh, <laughs> not it a real was get on it. Those were two women that have obviously had a rapport with him over the last couple of years and they've had a ton of interviews and they were like, hey, so, you know, we've seen you through so much. Like, let's talk about this. Like, how has it been being single? How has it been dealing with this? And John motherfucking Cena mm -hmm. just sat there and was so real and mm. so open. And he was just like, I'm not dealing with this well. I love her. I still do love her. I hope that we end up together. I feel like they just and, want different things. And he's just like, you know, there's all these tabloids of me, pictures of me with people. It's not what you think. I just can't be alone in my house. I need to go out. I need to spend time with people. Big house, by the way. And yeah. And he's <laughs> really like, I, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying different things. I'm trying new things. I'm trying to make new friendships with people in the neighborhood. And it really is just distraction. Like I love her and I want things to get better. And, you know, she's going through some stuff and I'm helping her. I'm trying my best to help her through it, but give her space. And I'm just like, Wow, this is You're like that's not a PR answer. That's no. not what you say on a morning the, show. Yeah. yeah, it was it was so real. They're like up uh, next, the weather. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, and it was uh, it was very bizarre. And uh, I don't know, still don't know exactly what happened with it all. But my question is this, and this is literally based on just a Matt Fowler tweet the other day. Mm -hmm. Is it real that they broke up? He so he put out one of those Captain America memes. So it was like, so you so you got worked by this John Cena Nikki Bella thing, and I was like, there's no way. Okay, I mean the thing is, there is a way. Going back to what I'm saying, that's they're like awesome. the best actors ever because they're really good at this stuff and mm -hmm. all of that could have been fake, but that's reality, that's life. Anything could be freaking fake. Uh, but I don't know, it felt super real. It struck you yeah. as true. It, it struck me as yeah. true and it showed that he has such a range of emotion and mm -hmm. like, we talk about our emotions all the time on podcasts, but mm -hmm. to see him do it on a morning show, mm -hmm. yeah, 
really important. See, I think I think when I think about role models or people that I still look up to, uh, I don't know that there's any one perfect person for that. Oh, God. I think what you do is you pick and choose traits that you find in others that you find um, cool or good, right? Um, I follow, I listen to a ton of podcasts, probably way more than I should. And there are some guys, there's guys like Joe Rogan that I really look up to, but there are certain traits of his that I just, I just don't vibe with, right? He smokes a ton of weed, does a ton of drugs, and that's never really appealed to me. What I do admire about the guy is his work ethic and his open mm-hmm. and honestness and his, his want to discover whatever level of truth or honesty there might be out there um, in, in general. And so I really appreciate that. But like the idea of doing a DMT trip with your buddies on the weekend, there could, I mean, again, talk about going out drinking, fuck that. It's not going to happen. Um, so I think like any guys out there listening, like I don't think it's necessarily bad to, to look at someone and judge them on like what they're like the good qualities, but also recognize that they have some faults and they have some bad things. Um, to them and just understand that like no one's perfect you, you, you bring up the rock I'm sure the rock has bad days I'm sure there's oh my someone God, no no and that, but I'm, I'm sure there's someone in the rocks life that thinks he's an asshole right sure. and, and and I'm sure if you heard a story about the how the rock so I'm sure there's times when he's over he, sure, or yeah. raged at someone too of course, you know of course but again yeah. that's the whole thing is that what you just said there is no perfect person the amount of people that talk to us about us being role models or stuff like that right there's, so there's like totally people that like yeah sure have a great greg miller story and i'm sure i did something stupid or said something stupid on sure. a podcast and people sure. hate me for it yeah and like yeah. you can't win that person back because how am i gonna do that but like that's the truth of it all that there is no perfect person who do you think is a good can you point pinpoint any guys that you're like yeah the guy's doing uh doing a good good job out there i mean uh, it's funny when i was thinking about comedy and like who i think is like a comedian that makes me feel like i i would just want to hang out with him because i think he's a good man mm-hmm. is is Stephen Colbert, mm. and I don't. Yeah. And it's like, how do I feel that way? I think it's mm. the way he talks about like his family, the way he talks about like the role of faith in his life, along with making these like really like pointed, constantly like you know cutting jokes about mm. the state of our country. But but you look at him and you just see this little like glint of goodness in right. his eye, even as he's doing it. And I don't know how he is in his personal life, but there's something about him that I feel like. I like the way he listens when he interviews people. Mm. I think he's an interesting man. Yeah. He's a man that I like. I think you I think you, you seem to be a role model. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Tim, who's your role model? What do you got? What role models you got for me? John I don't Cena know. is that your is that your well, I mean I think John Cena That's and the a, Rock that was a great are example. Good that was a great it's, example. It's good because of that. But I mean, yeah, I'm with Nick, where it is a bit of picking and choosing. I don't know. It's I don't necessarily think that there is anybody that's like that's a great a great model yeah, because he's a perfect human being. Every single role model I've ever had in my life has let me down in like a real way where mm-hmm. they've done something that I'm like, I just I love you, but I cannot can't stand rectify that. that like one, yeah. there are people that I I really look up to that I've learned a lot from, and I find out oh you cheated on your wife, mm-hmm. and it like that fundamentally mm-hmm. changes my entire perspective on them. Yeah. Where I'm just like I'll always respect the things that you did, but it's always tainted with this this thing that yeah. like you just can't get away from sure so yeah. yeah i don't know man it's weird the the masculinity thing that we were talking about earlier like how it it used to be super in vogue and i, I do feel like it's just like days go by and it becomes less and less cool to be that way and again i'm saying this being here mm-hmm. but uh growing up with my group of friends that are still friends since we were 11 uh, like one of my friends, James, James Burke, you guys, if you've watched the wrestling streams you do, he's on them all the time. He might be the most like, like macho dude in his head, like that I know where he wants to be cool. He wants to be bigger than you and better than you. And 
He constantly bullies me. He always had our, our, our entire life. He Did you hear the chuckle come from Kevin? I mean, Kevin, okay. Kevin knows what I'm talking about. Because he tries to paint himself as the perfect little angel over there when new guests come no, in. I'm, but laughing, I'm laughing at what he does. The yeah, fact that he so walks up. and check, like, check this out. Check this out. It's like James, one of my best friends. I love him to death. Yeah, he's a, good, he's a great he, guy. Great guy. But like any chance he gets, he'll talk down to me. Cut you he'll down call me bit. soft. He'll like, like all of this stuff where it's just like, he'll like give me shit for talking about my emotions or for having the opinions that I have or whatever it is. And it's so funny because like, he's kind of his only audience. Like mm. when we're in our group, he's like making fun of me and everybody thinks he's the joke. Huh. You get what I'm saying? Like Kevin will sit there and just be like, oh, James, like <laughs> you're, you're not doing this for anybody but yourself. Sure. But he's done it for 15 <laughs> years now and he'll never stop. Yeah. But it's just funny where I'm just, I'll be sitting next to him and I'm just like, all right, James, you're making the wrong joke to the wrong audience, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're doing this and nobody's with you. you know your audience. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid James. I like James. <laughs> <laughs> you give as good as you get, Tim Gettys. <laughs> if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Game Over Greggy Show. Each and every week, four, sometimes five best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement. Thanks for finally giving me my pen back. This is a nice pen, by the way. I know. You've been it molesting it all. And show. I was like, I'm going to steal this pen. Well, I mean, I remember, <laughs> Nintendo brought the way like, to this pen. And tell me, and then feel that. Oh, it's the, nice. The Nintendo action. left like 15 yeah. here, so now, you're now welcome to take it. You got to click yeah. the button, oh, though. Wow. It's so easy to click. Oh. It's surprisingly <laughs> nice. It's too easy. It's a nice <laughs> I thought you guys were just being idiots. If you no, like that, just... head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunny where you can get each and every episode <laughs> early. But if you got no bucks to toss our way to say thanks for making good stuff, you can wait. Get it on youtube.com slash kindoffunny the following Friday or podcast services around the globe. Anna. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for having me. Did we answer me. your question? Yes, what, what a good what conversation. Okay, great. Good. Where can people, when can they get, what? Uh, give everybody the rundown of Death, Sex, and Money okay. that they should be listening to because I talk about it all the time, but nobody Thank you. Death, Sex, and Money. Get it wherever you get your podcast. And our episode about manhood today is coming out on June 20th. We're working on oh, it now. Okay, great. Yeah. Oh, crossover. Yeah, like there you go. That, that was yeah. smart. You guys. Good. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, you got more to say about no, that? No, no, no. We can go to that. I just want to know. I think one of the strengths of Stephen Colbert always has a pen in his hand when he talks. He it's does true. this. And it makes you think. Maybe that's what we need to do to be a good man. There it is. <laughs> Shake a pen. Always have a pen in your hand. Kevin's got one over there. Everybody take a photo of you with Intellect. your pen in your hand and tweet it at Nick underscore Scarpino. Thank you. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Thanks for watching the Game Over Greggy Show, everybody. Click up here to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Click down here to go to the Patreon page. Click here for a playlist of other Game Over Greggy Show episodes. And click down here to go check out Death, Sex, and Money. If that's possible, I'm not sure how annotations work anymore. Cool Greg does them. Thanks, Cool Greg.